This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, it's Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. Today I am at the home of one of Iceland's most famous and important cultural figures, I think it is fair to say. That is the writer Haldor Laxness. And I'm with Guðni Dóra Gestidottir, who is in charge of the museum, in charge of the house. This is where he lived and this is where he worked. When was this house built, firstly? Uh, this house was built in 1945. Uh, and uh, at the time it was um, quite remote, this area, away from Reykjavik, because the roads weren't as good as they are today. So, uh, well, the reason Haldor Laxness chose this particular spot wow. is because he is brought up in the farm across the road, Laxness. Yes. So this, uh, he was very fond of this area, Mosvelstalur and this area as a whole. So uh, that is the reason the house is here. Yes. In this location. We're about six or seven kilometers from Mosvetlisbyr on the way to Thingvetlir on, on that road, if you try to picture where we are. So that would have been quite remote before the road's connections were in place. How long did he live here? Uh, they moved in uh, just around Christmas time, 1945. So they lived here, uh, well, he, until he passed, passed away, 1998. But his wife, Öðr Laxness, uh, she lived here until the year 2002, uh, when the family decided that uh, this should be a museum. Yeah. And the Icelandic state bought the house along with some of the paintings at the time. Uh, but the Laxness family donated everything else, which means everything you see in the house, all the furniture, all the library, all the objects you see, and uh, everything that makes the house more personal and uh, we are able mm. to maintain the atmosphere in the house. Well, we're going to wander around. I've just come in through what was the garage, which is now where you would buy your tickets, I, I suppose. But as we come up a small flight of stairs, we're at the front of the house now and you invite guests to ring the doorbell. So let's do that before yes. we start. So it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a windy, wet day, so we'll let you... Ring the doorbell. Okay, so it now feels that we've officially entered the house yeah. of Haldor Laxness. Yeah, when, when people come, it's kind of, they start in the garage and come to the main door and ring the doorbell. And uh, that gets the, the feeling that you're visiting someone. Yes. This is actually, this was just a home. Uh, not, uh, maybe not a norm, <clears throat> normal home, but mm. uh, so they come in, they hang up your coats and uh, so... Yes, and there's a swimming pool outside as well. So this was a home that, that was obviously lived in, until quite recently, 2002, you say, is when obviously... 2002, yes, yeah. and it's uh, only opened as a museum in 2004. Yeah. So it's 20 years now, we are going to celebrate that uh, this year, actually. Okay, well, as we walk in, having rung the doorbell, it's a beautiful grandfather clock, which is still ticking away. Oh, it comes from Edinburgh. Well, this is, uh, was uh, in Laxness's family, and uh, he was very fond of this particular clock as well. Uh, uh, and uh, in one of his books, he, uh, this clock is almost like a character in the book. Uh, the clockwork is from Edinburgh, James Cowan, uh, and, but the case is... Um, from Denmark. But uh, the main character of the book, The Fish Can Sing, mm. or the Brekkukotsanol, uh, Algrimur, he is, uh, he is 
in the beginning of the book, he is uh, uh, very interested in the clock and he says that this clock says one word over and over again, and that is eternity, eternity, eternity. And he also says if this clock could speak, it would be able to tell a lot of stories. Well, let's listen again for a couple of seconds at least to what it's saying. Eternity, over and over again. Yeah. Okay, where shall we head we should next? We head into the living room. So this is the living room, and this is as it would have been? Yes, it is, uh, yes, as, as it would have been. Obviously, we have made, uh, like, you know, barriers, uh, not really a barriers, just a string mm. to seal off the area, because um, these are our original uh, objects uh, from the family. And beautiful mid-century design. Anyone who's a fan of mid-century housing is going to love this room, aren't they? The, the, the browns and the wooden panels and the, and the large windows. Absolutely, and a uh, lot of Danish furniture, yeah. uh, Danish influence. All of these furniture are now becoming more fashionable again, uh, like the Egg, Arne Jacobsen, Hans Wegner, uh, etc. So... Uh, this, uh, well, in the corner there, you can see the grand piano. Uh, there has always been a piano in the house. The yes. first piano was here and uh, facing the south window. Uh, but um, that was kind of too hot for the piano to be there. So uh, they got it, uh, got another piano in the corner. Laxness was able to play the piano himself. He learned as a child playing piano and the violin. Did he compose uh, music He didn't well? really compose, but he tried. There's a one a small piece that he, he composed, uh, a small song, but he was a great fan of Bach. He loved playing Bach. And uh, just uh, the year after they moved into the house, 1946, mm -hmm. they hosted concerts here in the house. Okay. So, uh, Laxness was a member of the Reykjavik Music Society, and also a member of uh, the Russian and Icelandic Cultural mm. Society at the time. Um, so on their behalf, a lot of uh, artists came to Iceland, uh, performed in Reykjavik, but also here in yes. the museum, uh, in their house. But after this became a museum, we have, uh, since 2006, we have kept up the tradition uh, uh, hosting concerts mm. uh, every Sunday during the summer months. So that is always very nice. Then people can sit wherever they like. Yeah, so they've got a chance to use this room and rather than just view it from from yes. the edge, they can be part of it. Yes. It's a beautiful space. And sometimes when you go to a house that has been preserved or a home that's been uh, preserved of a famous or important person, because it tends to be quite old, it wouldn't. you can't imagine it being practical to still live here. You could absolutely still live here. I think a lot of people would love to live in a space like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a, a great atmosphere in this house. It's mm. always very nice, even though it's a very dark January, a rainy day, uh, and the river here behind the house. Mm. Uh, it's always always very nice, very calm and nice. And I think guests uh, feel it when they come. Without question. And the dining room, or a dining room, is just off to the left here, which backs onto a kitchen. Uh, was he a, a big entertainer? Entertainer as uh, having a lot of guests, of guests, yes. guests all yeah. the time, yes, uh, all the time. 
uh, all sorts of guests, uh, friends from the valley or, or from Waterspire area, uh, travelers, uh, and there are a lot of stories we hear from people that uh, knocked on the door, even students who were doing mm. assignments uh, around one of Laxness's books. They wanted to interview the interview him and and Oeder was very friendly and there were always coffee and uh, as I said before during the concert period they had uh, they entertained they had uh, meals and uh, drinks and the artwork on the wall here there are three large abstract pieces yes these are uh, the house is full of art uh, most of the artists are uh, were friends of the Luxton's family for instance Svavar Guðnason, uh, we see uh, two, well, four pieces here yes, in, in the dining room, but in the corner there we can also see Nina Tryggvadóttir, who was also a very good friend of the Laxness family, and they, they came here very frequently, and mm. Nina stayed here, and, and also uh, Asker Jörn here, the Danish, Danish painter. Uh, they had a collaboration uh, in the... 80s, 72, 74, Laxton and Jön and other artists. So yes, a lot of art. Yes. So he appreciated the visual arts, he appreciated music, as we've discussed as well. His own creativity, of course, was in the field of literature, and we're going to get into that conversation as we move around. So we'll step out of the kitchen yes. now and head into another part of this, the Haldor Laxness house. We're going upstairs, I think, aren't we? I think we're going upstairs. Okay, we'll go up the stairs. And again, yes, the staircase lined with more art yeah. on the walls here. Now this is uh, Oeder bedroom. They had separate bedrooms, but uh, 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 this isn't exactly how it was, but quite like these are her furniture and uh, her artwork as well. She was very creative uh, during the time. She was also the, kind of the manager of the house when it was built. She was the one who took care of all the practical matters, uh, including, you know, when the house was mm. uh, being built and something needed to be done. She was the... Is, is that because Haldor was too creative a person to, yeah. to have to deal with those practical matters, do you think? Yes, I think so. He was busy, busy doing something else, writing, and he uh, sometimes, uh, well, stayed away from it all. And, uh, yeah. She would have had a wonderful view... What's the hill that we see to our left here? Uh, this is Grimansfell, uh, and uh, the river is called Kaldakvistl. And at the top of the river, there's a beautiful waterfall called Helgufoss. And uh, this is now a very popular hiking, uh, mm. hiking area. And, and you can hear as well, this would have been the, the soundtrack that she would have enjoyed. I'll just put the microphone up to the window here, but this is the river that's running past quite violently at the moment. Wonderful to have that yeah. in the background all the time, isn't it? It's very calming. And they did a lot of hiking themselves. Laxness uh, uh, did his daily walks when he was here, always uh, carrying with him a notebook and a pencil just in case he got some ideas on the way. There are lots of books here as well in yes. his wife's bedroom and, well, he'll be, he would have been pleased to see that Haldor Laxen, <laughs> some of his works are indeed yes. prominently featured here as well. But she plainly was someone who enjoyed reading. 
She did, in, uh, absolutely, and she did uh, some of article writing herself. But in this uh, area, we just this is a display. This wasn't really exactly how it was, but we wanted to display the collection of Luxus's books in different languages. Mm. They have been translated uh, into over 40 languages. So uh, we want to sort of uh, show guests who come here uh, a small part of it. This is not the whole collection. Yes, yes and uh, they are still being read and still being translated, which is... Uh, yes, good. I was at the Gunnar Gunnarsson house mm -hmm. in East Iceland yes. um, a couple of months ago, and his work has been translated into some quite niche languages, actually. There is still a huge demand for his work in a variety of other languages. That's something that you see... Uh, in terms of demand for Luxness's work in other languages too? Yes, I, I mean, uh, Luxness was uh, uh, interested quite early on in his career to get his work translated into other languages. And he, he even was, uh, he wanted to make a name of himself mm -hmm. and he took up the uh, poet's name Luxness because his original name is obviously Guðjónsson, and, uh, but he wanted to take a Luxness because it was, you know, maybe he was a very good marketing man. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, over 40 languages. Uh, the recent books, uh, recent translations are, for example, uh, Sarka Varka, uh, translated into English, uh, 2022. Uh, and... Um, by Philip Rufton, very good uh, translation and it uh, got very good review and reviews in America, yeah. in New Yorker and uh, uh, the story is, uh, well, uh, part of the story, uh, there are some things or th themes in it that uh, talks to modern society today. Sarka Varka was a mm. very... Uh, so, yeah, but, but then I mean, independent people, which is the book that most people will associate with Laxness, yes. was always felt to be where modern Iceland started. It represented, I think, and we'll, we'll have a conversation about the, some of the works, but it represented what Iceland was in and to the modern world, maybe for the first time. Yes, I think uh, that's fair to say. When Laxness published his uh, all his uh, first novels, they were, you know, and he got the Nobel Prize because he renewed, mm -hmm. renewed the uh, uh, writing style, if you like to say yes. it that way. Yes, Independent is called, it's uh, still continuously read by uh, people interested into literature, and even yesterday people came here for a visit, yeah. uh, and I was asking, how did you get to know? Glura uh, State, the Luxness Museum, or they said uh, we prepared ourselves for the trip to Iceland and we got uh, some books, we got independent people and the fish canteen. So they had read the books before they came to Iceland <laughs> and, uh, and they were, you know. And, and did Iceland fit their expectations then when they came here? Did it make sense to them or were they surprised <laughs> by what they saw? I think they were kind of surprised what they saw. <laughs> they were, first of all, they were expecting a lot of snow in January yes. and it was raining mm. yesterday. But they said something very interesting, I found. They felt so much for the characters in Independent People. 
uh, and they are so real, even though you don't really like Bjartur, the main character, uh, he is very real, and all the all the uh, mm. all the characters in the in the book. Well, as I say, we'll have a conversation about the works for which he is known, and we'll mm -hmm. step out of his wife's bedroom and into the rest of the house. And this, we should remember, this is the house that he worked in as well. This is where he wrote, isn't it? Yeah, this is, and uh, no, this is his study. This is his study here. Yes, and this is uh, how it was during his time. So we've got two armchairs, mm -hmm. there's a desk with a chair and a, a manual typewriter, of course, there's another bureau with a stool. It's a comfortable place to work, again, sharing the same beautiful view that we described a few moments ago, and a lovely old radio there as well that I imagine is tuned to Ruv. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Ruv won, well, they didn't have uh, Rausch 2 at the nee, time, nee, nee. they just had uh, Ruv, just Ruv constantly yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and uh, Laksnes read a lot of uh, his books for Ruv. Yes, indeed, there are some... We're going to just go past the barrier here yeah. to come into the study a bit more Yeah, this is the uh, lovely desk. He could actually stand here uh, and write. Oh, he was doing stand-up desking before it was fashionable. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's very healthy, apparently. Yes. 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 And uh, here, uh, around, on the desk and around the desk, there's a, uh, a portrait of a very important man. This is... Um, uh, a man called, called Erlendur, who, who, was, uh, who lived in Reykjavik, in a house called Unuhus. He was a good friend of, of uh, Laksnas and the artists, artists at the time. And they used to gather at his house, discuss art and politics and uh, uh, all the different matters. Uh, so uh, the, uh, Erlendur was the, was the kind of man who took care of uh, practical things. Mm. For and he was encouraging. Uh, for instance, he was the one who organised uh, when Laxness wanted to change his name into Laxness rather than being just Guðjónsson. So Erlendur went to the registry office or Hagstofan right. and changed it. So it's someone else that sort of helped him with those practicalities, so that yes. he could get on with the writing and yes. get on with the, get on with being creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And this study stuffed with books, absolutely rammed with them, isn't it? <laughs> yes, uh, Laksnes is a library, uh, yeah. his own books in different languages and also different books, everything he read, basically, uh, and more in his uh, bedroom as well. Mm. He's an ashtray too, is he a smoker? He was a heavy smoker mm. uh, and uh, smoking pipes and cigars as well, yes. But and what are these figurines that he has collected there's a troll that I can see, a couple of horses. What links these? Yeah, these are all, uh, you know, little dolls or uh, souvenirs he uh, collected when he travelled abroad. Okay. And he got them for his two daughters, Sigríður and Guðni, and they uh, displayed them here in, the, in his study. But during Christmas, they used to take part of this, uh, this doll collection uh, down to the um, dining room area, and put it on a display there as a Christmas decoration, and they called it the nation. This <laughs> <laughs> was nice. So, yeah. And so much of his life and his possessions have been beautifully preserved here in a way that really brings his work to life and brings his life to life as well. What's on the typewriter here? <laughs> this is the beginning of Gerpla, uh, which is, in English, it's uh, Wayward Heroes. Mm. 
the latest translation is Wayward Heroes. There's an older version called uh, Happy Warriors. So either uh, Laxness, she uh, typed a lot for Laxness and uh, she explained that she started to write type Gerpla six times over and over again because he was obviously re revising mm. and mm -hmm. uh, this is a typewriter as well, so, you know. It's a slow and loving process, isn't yes. it? And this was his bedroom, one assumes. Yes, this is a, his bedroom. And uh, you have the view over the valley, Mosestaler Valley. Well, when they built the house, there wasn't really a single tree around the house. But now we, the visibility isn't as much as it mm. was. But he was able to see uh, towards Laxness, which was his childhood home. The swimming pool that I mentioned, you can see that from here mm -hmm. as well. There's a balcony in this room too, so he could step outside and enjoy the view anytime he liked. It's a very inspiring place, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very friendly environment. And also it, uh, it changes according to the seasons mm -hmm. during the mm -hmm. summer, you can imagine. And, uh, well, you mentioned earlier on that we're standing here in the middle of January. It's a very dark, rainy day, but you did have visitors here yesterday. Do many make it at this time of year? Uh, not really. Well, you never, you can't really depend on the weather because it's uh, always uh, changing. But, yes. you know, we get the occasional drop in. But, uh, and sometimes we organize uh, special events during this time. Yes. Well, you're open at the moment, but we, yeah. we haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't yet had any visitors during our no. visit so far, but we'll get out of the way if that yeah. happens. Um, off to the left, there's another library space here, yet more books. Yeah, more books, but uh, this is um, it's just a collection of, uh, of books, uh, loads of books in this house, but uh, this used to be a bedroom, uh, and also the other room in the end used to be a bedroom. They had two daughters, uh, and during that time they had visitors, they had mm. someone helping out in the house. So uh, we are hoping to uh, convert these uh, two bedrooms into a teenager's bedroom and a child's bedroom. That's, that's the plan? The plan. That's okay. the plan, yes, absolutely, because... Uh, uh, eventually we will get an extra house across the river there uh, so we will be able to move all the uh, staff we're not many who work here but uh, mm -hmm. we need to take all that out and the reception will be there and so we'll you know be able to convert a little yes. bit which would be nice and because uh, people often find that uh, once they have visited once They've done Glura State, <laughs> unless there is a special event or something yes. on. It's a beautiful era. I mean, the light is just coming up now, and it, you know, it is revealing the, the snow-flecked hills and mountains, which were completely invisible as I drove here an hour ago. It was yes. pitch dark, but it's now about half past ten in the morning, and the light yes. is starting <laughs> to come up at least. Well, let's talk about the work then. Let's talk about the books that he wrote. And we'll, we'll start, I think, with independent people, because it is so very well-known. Would you say that that is a good place for somebody to start? Someone who's listening to this conversation, who has heard the name Laxness, is aware that he's important in some way, but hasn't yet dived in to read anything. Is that a good place to start? Well, uh, it depends. Uh, it's very hard to suggest, but uh, it's my, um, the first chapter might be uh, quite hard to get into, but once you're in the story, you, you, 
you will be able to finish it. Why do you think it's the most, or considered to be the most important one? The character that wants to be independent, you doesn't want to rely on anyone. Mm. And uh, yes, it was also, like many of Laxness's works, debated at the time when it was published. Mm. Because some people said he, he was uh, he was talking down to farmers and uh, low class people, but uh, uh, it's amazing that uh, this book has. Uh, I mean, it's, it's still being read. It's yes. 2024, and people can feel some kind of emotions when mm. uh, when they're reading through it, even though some of the, you know, the storyline is quite difficult at times. I think uh, I'm not a literature scholar, so uh, I'm not able to mm. uh, point out exactly why this was the book. I'm certainly not a literature scholar either, but yeah. but I, it was described to me once by someone who, again, was not a literature scholar as it's the key that unlocks the Icelandic personality, the Icelandic soul, I think was the word he used. Yes, uh, in, uh, in one way it is. People want, in general, I mean, some people might like not agree <laughs> uh, that uh, in general people want to be independent and also uh, not having to rely on anyone being mm. able to own their little piece of land or the f their flat or or little space mm -hmm. for themselves uh, and uh, and Laxness himself he said uh, that you find Bjartur in summer houses everywhere in the world he's even in New York or in London or somewhere, mm -hmm. because that's a kind of, you know, what you hear, characteristic that yes. you can find uh, everywhere. And then you've got a novel like The Atom Station, yes. which is really about modernity coming to Iceland, isn't it? It's about the atomic age coming to Iceland. Again, we're standing here in this mid-century, we've come back down the stairs into the mid-century living room, the real sense of, of that kind of modern world coming to Iceland in The Atom Station. Yes, this was, uh, yeah, it was published in 1949, and uh, this was during the time uh, Iceland joined NATO. Mm. So, again, that particular book was debated uh, a lot, and, uh, and it's also, in my opinion, about uh, the, the poorer class uh, against the rich mm. part of the society. There's a young girl, Ukla, who comes to Reykjavik uh, and uh, she's helping out in yes. the house. She's learning to play the organ, but she's staying uh, with this uh, rich family. And you see the contrast between mm -hmm. the two worlds. And is that something that he felt himself? Does his background give us a clue as to why he would want to write about that? Yeah, maybe, yes. He, he was always... This is kind of a theme as well in yes. some of his books. Uh, he was brought up here in the valley, Mosvetsdalur. Uh, his father was... He worked in uh, road working, and uh, they had this farm here. And yes, uh, yes, they were... They were they were not well off in that sense, but they were, you know, his father played the violin, which was uh, quite unusual at the time. Mm, mm. So they had that, and uh, his family was always very supportive uh, to Halter because mm. when he wanted to be a writer. 
he was born 1902, so that during that time people, uh, even children, had to work, help out. But Laxness was uh, more interested in reading books and writing himself mm. from a very young age. I can say that because there are material letters and manuscripts existing from that period of time. Yes. And, and, and no sign at all of any lessening of the interest in his work, as we've said. It's forever being translated into other languages. And there's a real, in 2024, as we are now, a real interest in his work still. And that's going to continue, I think, isn't it? Hopefully, but uh, it's uh, it's something that we, uh, the museum, that is one of our purpose mm -hmm. to to uh, lift his work and introduce it more, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully because uh, uh, his work talks into modern society even. Yes. Uh, yes, but it's a constant thing you need to do, like one of the publishers said Pietmar Olofsson, he gave a talk here in the living room last year and he said, uh, he said that we needed to bring out new publications, new, new covers, just remember Luxness, mm -hmm. he wrote this and yeah, this is a constant work, we'll see how it goes as the time goes on. It's great as well, I think, what you said, that you had visitors yesterday who had prepared for their trip to Iceland partly by reading yeah. Laxness. Yes, that, that's amazing. Uh, we, we get these kind of people, mm. you know, not in flocks, but, you know, it's always interesting yes. because people have been reading a lot and preparing themselves by, uh, mm. by reading before they come. And even people buy books here in Iceland mm. and take them as a souvenir, which is... Uh, yes. it's, not, it's not the cheapest souvenir, but it will last. It lasts exactly. longer than the puffin or the key, exactly. key ring. Exactly, yeah. it's a proper cultural memory, isn't it? Proper yes. cultural souvenir. I think I still have a copy of Njalsaga that I bought on my first trip in 1998. Yes, yes, that's the thing. Yeah, and uh, it might even spark people to, to uh, read more. Yes. Well, thank you so much for showing me around this beautiful house. There really is a, a, a lovely, calming, creative atmosphere in this, in this building. And that has been beautifully preserved, and I'm sure it will continue to be so as well. When are you open for visitors? Yes, we are open during uh, this time, January, February. We are open, open from Tuesdays to Fridays. Um, unless there is a special event, we advertise on our website and Facebook and mm -hmm. these medias. Uh, but uh, in March, we open over the weekends as well. But during, from 1st of June, all summer, we are open every single day. So from 10 to 5. Fantastic. Well, we'll put links up to what you've mentioned there on the page that accompanies this show from Ruth English Radio. Guðni, thanks very much for your time today. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for stopping at Skuvarasi. This is Ruth English Radio. I'm Darren Adam, and you can get in touch anytime. Email english at ruv.is. There is more from Ruv English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Ruv English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Ruv.